the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch. First, we're going to talk to Calvin uh, about, um, well, I need to tell you first off, today's show is recorded. So uh, Millburgers is closed today on Easter Sunday. Uh, they want you to go out and celebrate the holiday with your family and friends. And, uh, and so the Easter Bunny. And the Easter Bunny. And so they've uh, let the Easter Bunny out. And, and he's got Paul, the day off. And Paul is not going to be... You remember when Paul uh, described the... Uh, that was our April Fool's thing, where, yes, oh, yeah. Paul was going <laughs> to... The Easter Bunny. They're going to hobble. Yeah. yeah, they're going to hobble all the bunnies. At the, and then uh, they, Paul had a little sick look of satisfaction on his face. His yeah. a dark sense of humor was satisfied. <laughs> Weird sense of humor. Yes, it is. Um, all right. So anyway, today's show is recorded. Uh, Jerry will be here in a second, but we're going to start off with the recording because we're going to start off with one of Calvin's uh, favorite things, and that's talking about bringing wildlife and nature to your garden. Uh, and Calvin, you pretty much, when uh, we get questions on birds and now on butterflies, uh, they're pretty much asking you specifically on uh, on those questions. Yeah, and yesterday we did the uh, youth um Training on butterflies. Oh, is that right? I mean, on birds. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that was a great success. That was a lot of fun. But the monarchs are here, Milton. Yeah. Uh, now, they're not in huge numbers yet, but I think uh, most people that have butterfly gardens have seen a few now because I'm getting some um, emails. Uh, so we're still watching for them at uh, Millburgers. Uh, so let's, let's talk about the monarch butterflies because okay. I think that, that most everyone – would like to have a butterfly garden. Um, I know they sometimes they'll buy plants and hoping to attract them, but the butterfly garden is specifically designed to be a, a, a refuge for butterflies. Yeah, and the, the good news is that it's it's not a real exclusive um, design. You've got a lot of options. You know, in fact, Jerry has a tendency to say that any flat flower is a butterfly flower, but you know, there's some of them that are are uh, special. Um, they are especially attractive in terms of nectar. But there's two really key factors in terms of plants. It's All nectar right. production. All right. Yeah, they got to get their that that sugar water, that pollen and nectar um, for nutrition. The the adult butterflies. The second thing that we kind of overlook, except we're learning about that with with the monarchs, is the that you have to have the plants that they are willing to lay their eggs on to produce more 
more uh, butterflies. And with monarchs, the only one that they'll lay their eggs on are, are milkweed. And of course, we have a lot of milk. We have milkweed available here at Millburgers, and we've got it in the certified butterfly garden mm-hmm. too. Uh, and so, uh, the, the the milkweed pr- produces flowers and produces nectar, but it also is this the place that the monarch butterflies will lay their eggs. And the monarchs will be here only for in the spring. Um, I think uh, into May. And so they'll they'll be laying some eggs here. All right. And then, and then they, and the uh, sad thing is that that generation they lay their eggs, they're done for then. And then the, the next generation moves further north, and they only last three weeks. Well, now wait a minute. So they're they're going to lay their eggs, and they're gonna, they're going to have little larvae. Yeah. Is that right? Caterpillars. Caterpillars. And what are the caterpillars going to eat? They're going to eat. Um, the milkweed? milkweed foliage. Oh, okay. That's all they will eat is milkweed foliage. So you pretty much know when you've got the caterpillars. That's right. This time of the year especially because the uh, the uh, monarchs are kind of dominant. Now, the queens will also do it, which are related to monarchs. But they're, the queens uh, do a lot of their, seem to be anyway, in my experience, the queens will be the ones laying their eggs uh Little later, and then in the summer, all they don't they don't migrate like the monarchs do. The monarchs migrate out of our area in late spring, and then they'll be back in the fall. But the only time they nest in our area or lay their eggs is, is in the spring period, and then in the fall they'll still they'll be going after the the nectar from not just milkweed but a lot of the other plants. Mist flower is another great one. Oh, okay. So yeah. milkweed, mist flower. Yeah. And then my favorite, I think, is the zinnias. Yeah, you talk about that a lot. And yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. I didn't. They're so easy to grow, and they're uh, versatile. You know, you the, the, they're the key cut flower for the summer. We plant them. But you can plant them by seed, or you can plant them by transplants. Uh, that, that Dreamland transplant is... Uh, spectacular in terms of a, a really colorful, tight flower, large, rounded flower, and it'll reseed itself, uh, and, and then you get the parent materials, which the hum- which the butterflies seem to like the nectar from them better, the parent material, than, than the hybrid. Or you can plant um, zinnias. There's, uh, I was counting Milberger's uh, when I bought uh, some seed last weekend, there were six different varieties of, of zinnia seed uh, that Millburgers had on the seed racks. California Giant is one of my favorite cactus, but there's, uh, you know, there's red. They're all red color. There's all uh, yellow and uh, white and orange, so a lot of choices. So you can seed them or you can uh, uh, put transplants in the ground, and not only will the uh, zinnias attract the butterflies, they will uh, the hummingbirds like them too. Okay. Now, the, if you have a relatively large, like a cut flower garden, with all zinnias in there, it's just amazing how many butterflies. Is that right? Yeah, they just get covered. Huh? You you kind of sometimes you forget a little bit about the cut flowers and just are amazed by. I know my wife Judy is a photographer, so she. 
just gets, uh, she goes out there and looks like she's going out to cut some zinnias for the cut, but then she runs back in. I know she's getting her camera because they're, you know, all the all those swallowtails and the monarchs and the queens and all those varieties. In uh, San Antonio, we've got, just like the birds, we've just got a huge number mm-hmm. of, of butterfly species. Is that, I was going to ask you, which are, what what butterflies can you expect? You mentioned monarchs and queens. What other ones will you oh, see? Well, all this, at least I was thinking about at least four swallowtail varieties. Okay. And the one, you know, the one that uh, we talk about a lot is on the citrus. It lays its eggs on. Oh, and that's, is that the one that looks like The giant poop? swallowtail, yeah. It looks like uh, oh. a Scat. bird doo-doo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's one we talk about uh, letting a few of the of the caterpillars, because they're, they're, they 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 do not have very many, um, they don't lay very many eggs, and uh, just let a few of them stay in the citrus, and the citrus reacts pretty well uh, to them, so it's not a major problem. The black swallowtail, which is the m- most common, that that's the one that likes the horse herb this time of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. The yellow blooms, but the one, but it lays its eggs on the uh, the fennel and the dill. And the parsley. So if you've got our herb garden, you know, then you, you can expect the, the, the black swallowtails to find it. And, and you'll go out there on your preparing your dinner on Tuesday and you get your <laughs> parsley. And then you go back on Thursday and there's no parsley left. And there's just those big uh, swallowtail caterpillars yeah. that are, are eating the plants. Um and let's see. Oh, the sunflowers will get uh, there. There's one, one variety. Um, uh, I think the border patch that lays eggs there, and and they'll uh, they'll strip them. But the other one, other one that's kind of famous, and we talk a lot about, is the Gulf fritillary mm-hmm. on the passion vine. Yeah, you, you know, you've got a passion vine you're doing battle with. Yeah. Uh, and the it's amazing because passion vine is tough. Grows real large, but it also can be stripped completely a couple times a year by Gulf fritillaries. Mm, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> laying their eggs on there. I've got a different one that is naturalized in my yard. It's the Maypop. Uh, freezes back every winter and then restarts. I, I kind of I don't know how it got there. I think it came in a container. It was it was oh, just how a, interesting. Yeah, it was just a. Uh, uh, the timing was perfect because I was just getting into the butterflies, you know, and suddenly there I've got passion vine growing all over my, and it, re, and, uh, it uh, starts with seeds, so I've got all kinds of little clusters of uh, passion vine. So, okay, so does everything, if I want to design a butterfly garden, what's the first thing do I do? Do I decide what butterflies I want, or? I, I, I generally do, you can, you can do that, but I... I, I generally recommend that you uh, look for 12 months of nectar sources. Oh, okay. So, you you know, you put down your, uh, you want some milkweed, you want your mist flower, mm-hmm. and then the, 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 the uh, steady ones, the ones that are long, long over the season are lantanas and salvias. Okay. They're good ones, you know, and... Uh, Oh, we talk about or oh, porterweed. 
Mm -hmm. That's an exotic, and it doesn't live through the winter, but it's it's a really fascinating to have that in. The, hummi the butterflies and hummingbirds Is that a perennial? It. We'll come back? It, no, okay. it's, it's, it's a tropical and exotic, so it's... Uh, and millburgers will have it in a, in a few weeks. Will zinnias keep coming back? Zinnias will keep receding. Receding, okay. Yeah, because right now my zinnias... In the vegetable garden, you know, every inch of space has got zinnia re re regrowth in there. So I'll just, <coughs> I'll just leave the ones that I have room for, and uh, I'm kind of expanding my. It will be soon. The, my yard will be described as the the zinnia yard because uh, <laughs> because of the the, the 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 they're so attractive to the butterflies that that I, I allow more and more of them them to grow. They reseed themselves. All right. Uh, so, but they, you know, they don't like they they don't like cold weather, so they, they won't live through the winter. But you can have, you know, in the winter time, you have your pansies in stocks and dianthus is, an, is a good oh, is one. Oh, I like dianthus. Dianthus is a good one, yeah. And dianthus is blooming now, up a storm, and the butterflies like it, and it's got a long season, so that's a that's a really good one for the winter. So, how do you balance this idea of Okay, so I want to be able to enjoy them, so I want them near my house. But the closer I get them to my house, the more I'm going to have shade uh, that's going to be an issue. And I think most of the things that you've mentioned are going to bloom best and thrive in, in full sun. Yeah, that, that's usually the case. The one thing that's blooming right now uh, that does really well in the shade, it's called blue curl. Phasalia is the genus. Um, it's a wildflower grows to about three feet tall, and it's got blue that actually look like snail. You know, the blooms are about finger size, you know, like a, like when you're pointing your finger at somebody except you curl your finger. That's what they look like. Mm. But they, they're blooming now. They do well in the shade. Uh, some of the salvia, like salvia coccinia, okay. does, well, does well in the shade. Yeah, it's much easier to, to have... Uh, to have a butterfly garden and and have lots more a lot of species if you got full sun. So you just do the best you can, you know. You put your zinnias, a nice large b bunch of zinnias in a full sun area, and then you put your things like your um, salvia coccinia and uh, and the uh, other shade loving plants we talked about. That you you put those closer to the house where where they'll. They won't be as, you won't get as many as you would if you had a full sun situation, but you'll get plenty. Now, do you recommend, so let's take your zinnias. If I plant two, do I get, as if I com compare to, if I plant four, do I plant, if I plant two, do I get half as many as if I would have planted four? No, you really, I'm, I'm thinking, just based on my experience, is that if you, if you plant a big, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like the butterflies. They say there there is a a large garden of nectar plants here, so we can so let's move kind of move in mass over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think you get I get I think you get a bigger impact if you have a larger. You know, if you can do a we did a uh, of course we do hummingbird and butterfly gardens for a, a lot of good causes, mm -hmm. and the the one we did. Uh, out there at Dream Hill Estates, um, if you do about a 
a ten by ten, that's a that that attracts a lot of a lot of butterflies. Now you'll get some butterflies with your two or your four zinnias, but if you have ten by ten, it just seems like it's oh okay mass. You get you get the butterflies mass, and you get uh, more species too. Okay. Uh, then then in the shade you can look uh, some some of the. Uh, some of the uh, nesting areas or the places where the butterflies will lay their eggs will uh, do a fair. Will find a way to make a living in the shade, you know. And uh, oh, even like your passion vine. I mean, it half half of it's probably growing in the shade. And no, it's looking exactly. For the sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> and uh, let's see, a lot of our esperanza. Of course, that's full sun. Sun plant. Too. Yeah, I was thinking blue plumbago. Did they like blue, blue plumbago? They okay. like that for a nectar source. Yeah. Oh, good. That's okay. a good one. So that's a that's a good plant for shade. Yeah, ours is kind of it's just in some sun, so uh-huh. it's it gets but not a lot. Yeah, that that's a good one. That's a. That's are, a are the butterflies worried about predators? I mean, because uh, the more open they are, um, they are. Some of them are are much, real conscious of the All predators, right. and. Uh, there were uh, some gardeners and I were talking about uh, purple martins can be a, t- a tendency. Oh no, predators! Yeah, we were trying to. We were wondering if it was just a coincidence or if they're actually. Because when your martins are active, it seems like there's not as many butterflies, and then martins, of course, they quit. You know, they young, mature, and they leave leave the houses in July. And so then suddenly that's the big time that the the butterfly populations increase, <coughs> but but it's not a re- that 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 is not a uh, um, re- bona fide research project because uh, we, don't, we I haven't seen a you know a real description of that situation, uh, and it's not a big enough test to know if it it's maybe they just like. You know, there's more plants blooming, the lantanas and salvias and all that stuff, and it's warmer. Uh, it may have less to do with the, the purple martins than it does with the uh, with the other conditions in the in their environment. But I have seen martins with oh with butterflies, butterflies. oh yeah. butterflies uh, feeding on butterflies, so they they definitely eat them. What about Dra- dragonflies too? Okay, so this makes me think of pest control. So, yeah, and I know it's been brought up before where people, like you mentioned, the dill. So they lay the eggs. They come to the dill. You've enjoyed them, and the caterpillars come on out and they start eating the dill. Well, don't get panicky and spray something on the dill. Dill's probably a poor example because I'm not sure you would spray an insecticide on the dill. But no. Uh, but you know, yeah. your milkweed. Don't spray something on the milkweed to get rid of the caterpillars because and that that's interesting because uh you know one of the characteristics of milkweed is that it always has those uh aphids and then there's oh. also a little beetle that goes along with them and people do not like those aphids and they just want to say what can i do with those aphids and and uh both jerry and i say well you just leave those aphids they don't seem to hurt the milkweed and uh it indicates that they're not the, the you know the whatever is on the plant is not going to hurt the caterpillars either, so just live with it. It's not you're not trying to produce a harvest a crop, uh, so you yeah don't have, you don't have to cr- uh, control the aphids. 
Pesticides are, not, are an issue, though, too, when you're uh, trying to increase uh, butterfly population. You want them, you can still spray like BT for broccoli and things like that, but you want to be, you want to target your sprays and you want to know what you're after. You, you want to tolerate as much damage as you can uh, because the same things that kill cabbage loopers uh, potentially could hurt something else. Yeah. Or if you spray a fruit tree, you know, it's just like we're, we don't want to spray the bees either that are pollinating the, the blooms. So we just just have to be more careful, more tolerant of damage, and, uh, and just when you're going to spray, make a good diagnosis of what you want to control, control it and, uh, and limit the range of the, the spraying. And you can do both then. You can have butterflies and uh, take care of your vegetables and other plants. Hey, we've got to take a quick break. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, our Easter edition, doing a best of and recording today. Hope you and your family are having a wonderful Easter. That's the wish of everybody here at Millburgers. And, of course, uh, Jerry and Calvin and I. We'll take a break and come back in a moment. I'm Milton Glick, and you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. On 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. It's the second and final week of Millburgers' big anniversary celebration. And while I won't sing happy birthday again, I will sing and tell you the great items that you'll find on sale featured this week at Millburgers. Like begonias are on sale, Boston fern hanging baskets, salvia gregi. And right now at Millburgers, you can get the Texas Superstar Gold Star Esperanza in the 12-inch pot, just $19.88. You'll save on tropical hibiscus, bougainvillea hanging baskets, ground covers, and the best landscape and foundation plants for this area, including Japanese or winter gem boxwood, dwarf yopon holly, dwarf burford holly, and more in the three-gallon container, just eleven eighty-eight. Citrus trees are on sale in the five-gallon container for just thirty-four eighty-eight, and you'll save on Millburgers natural lawn and garden fertilizer, now just twenty-four ninety-nine in the thirty-pound bag. All at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, closed on Easter but open again on Monday at 1604 on Bullforty Road. Everyone is talking about fixed index annuities. Are annuities good or bad? Will you lose money or make money? Is your retirement nest egg protected from loss? Tune into Robin Hoppus and the Big State Financial Show at its new time, Saturday mornings at 9 and Mondays at 8 to learn more. Or you can call Robin at Big State Financial, 210-373-6000. It's the Big State Financial Show, Saturday mornings at 9 and Monday evenings at 8, right here on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick for Warren Remy and Spider-Man Pest Control. Spider-Man Pest Control has been helping homeowners get rid of bugs and roaches and rodents since 1976. They've got all kinds of great experience. And what they do, Warren and the gang look at your home holistically. They try to say, okay, not only let's take roaches, for instance. Not only do you have roaches, but where are they coming in? What's the source? What's the problem here? And let's see if we can't fix it. And they, So they want to kill what's bothering you and bugging you right now, but they also want to make sure that it doesn't come back as, as much as possible. And that's what I think... That's why I think Spider-Man Pest Control has been so successful is because they look at your home holistically. They can use organic methods to treat. They can use synthetic methods to treat. And they're going to tell you which one works best for your situation, and you'll make a choice together. Call Spider-Man Pest Control, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721, or go spidermanpest.com. Go spidermanpest.com for Spider-Man Pest Control. 
Hey, if we don't get going soon, we're going to miss out on that discounted deal at the store. Uh, do we really need to go out? The game's coming on in a minute. We need to get this deal before it's gone. Man, there's got to be a better way to save some money. Yes, there is. The Marketplace at 930amtheanswer.com. Really? Yep. You can save hundreds, even thousands on stuff like outdoor equipment, landscaping, flooring, and even discounted deals on tuition for the kids. Get out. All in one place? Yep. If you don't believe me, listen to this guy. Discount deals on big ticket items for your home improvement projects, landscaping, and tuition for area schools. All at the Marketplace page at 930amtheanswer.com. So the Marketplace page. Great, guys. Thanks. But now, should I be worried about hearing voices in my head? Nah, you're good. Check out all the great deals at the Marketplace page at 930amtheanswer.com. Let's face it. We love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer San Antonio skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer San Antonio. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. This is going to be our Easter edition. Millburgers is closed today. Hope you and your family are having a wonderful Easter holiday. On behalf of the docs, myself, and everyone here at Millburgers are closed, so we're recording today's show. We're not sitting on the porch today. Uh, we're recording this, and uh, we're kind of coming up with topics that are uh, pertinent to you that are on your mind right now. Uh, one of them that should be on your mind, Calvin, uh, you mentioned it while we were at break here, and that was uh, talking about the upcoming uh, tour uh, that was happening. Tell me a little bit about that. That's right. It's uh, Gardening Volunteers of South Texas are coordinating it, and among the sponsors are uh, uh, San Antonio Water System and our friends at Trinity Glen Rose. And the idea is that... Uh, You've got the opportunity free. They've identified six six landscapes that will show off various designs, uh, attractive and diverse uh, kind of landscaping, where they're, all of them know are low water use. So yeah. you can go there. And, uh, and it's, so it's free. You just go to the, the website, and it uh, lists the six um, neighborhoods and uh, the addresses. There'll be garden volunteers at each of the addresses. Now, it's, it's some, something kind of cool. The, the first 200 people that go to all six uh, will get uh, a $50 gift certificate. Wow. Yeah, let's make sure I get That's the, cool. Yeah. And guess, guess who's... Uh, Providing the the coupon, Millburgers. Hmm. Uh, oh, how cool! Yeah. You get a you get a choice between a Millburgers uh, coupon or a, a Stone and Soil. Uh, okay. Cup. Yeah. So that that two hundred folks. That's a lot of a lot of gift certificates. Yeah. Wow. Actually, yeah. when you do the math, it is a lot of gift yeah. certificates. And so they'll you'll check in, and they'll they've got a little. A little uh, uh, control me- uh, kind of the mechanism that you'll uh, so they'll get get your name and then when you get when you get finished uh, they'll go ahead and uh, and uh, 
give you the coupon cards. Okay, you'll get yeah, you'll get the coupon cards at every yard, and then and then you can uh, go for it. I'm trying to figure out exactly if you can use them right right at the beginning, uh, what the process is. That's a little unclear to me, but but the the deal is the first 200, and it's uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It looks like, and April 7th, Saturday, April 7th. If you want more information, go to the uh, Gardening Volunteers of South Texas website. Mil- Mil- Gardeningvolunteers.org. Okay. So that'll give you all the the uh, information. Um, now, one of them, <coughs> check also, oh, San Antonio River Authority is one of the sponsors as well. And check also the, the time because I've got... Uh, from two different uh, sources. I got one that says it's 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and one that says it's 9 to 3 p.m. So ma- make sure you uh, don't uh, miss miss the event. But that'll be neat. There'll be an opportunity for you really get a, a good review to see the versatility uh, of low water use landscaping and the actual examples of... Uh, uh, yards, landscapes that, that have a beautiful landscape, uh, individualistic, creative landscape, uh, without having using a lot of water. And then again, you get a opportunity if you're one of the first 200, you get an opportunity to get a, a fifty dollar gift certificate to either Millburgers or to the uh, Stone and Soil Company. Uh, the, which would the, be cool. the cool thing is, and and I didn't realize this. Y'all had always talked about it, but I never really, never hit home until I was walking through uh, King William, and uh, you know, talking about homes that uh, uh, this wasn't low water, but it was the same thing where they had shade issues. Okay. And then I realized, okay, well, gosh, if you see what they plant and you see how they're doing. Well, then you can then you can feel more confident that you could do something similar. Well, these tours are, are very similar in that, and I think oftentimes the owner is there, so they can talk a little bit about what went into it and design and and what they picked and what's worked and what hasn't. So, if you're trying to do a low water garden, uh, you could actually see examples and then begin to imagine it in your yard. That's right. And if the owner isn't available, uh, a garden volunteer. That has been uh, has done a little research on the landscape is will be available. Yeah. So yeah, you you should be able to get some uh, good information uh, about that particular landscape and get a real. It's another one of those ways too. We talk about the landscape design schools that uh, Garden Volunteers sponsor, but this is another way to get to to kind of uh, organize in your mind. How you your ideal landscape would look? Yeah, you want it to be beautiful. You want it to be meet your your family's needs in terms of the uh, the kids and the pets and uh, how much lawn grass you want. Um, you justify the amount of lawn grass, and then you have as little as you can get by with. Uh, color twelve months of color is very is easy, and some of these will have twelve months of color. The butterflies we talked about, 12 months of uh, nectar sources. Uh, that's one of the things, too, that the uh, wildscapes that attract bu- birds and butterflies, they're quite often low-water-use landscapes, too, because a lot of the plants we use are uh, capable 
of uh, surviving and, and blooming uh, without using excessive amounts of water. Well, this is a good thing to do if, um, again, we were talking about with the butterfly garden, and that's that getting confidence that, okay, you know, because maybe uh, if you're one of the folks and, and you have a feeling that, you know, I, I just, I'd love to go low water, I'd love to build a low water garden, I know it's something that that's, that's I should do, but I don't like the way that it's going to look. Well, then you can go to this and you can see, you know what, wow, they, they, they've really done a terrific job and I, I can get all those plants, I can do something very similar, it's not that difficult. That's right, and it's amazing. You know, if you have less freedom if you have, if you go further west, you know, where we have less and less rain. But okay. we actually have a, a fair amount of rain. So our palette of plants that we can use in all our different versions and uh, mixes is huge. So the, it becomes a matter of, yeah, just seeing all the potential there. And, uh, of course, you can change your landscape, too. As yeah. You, as you, you expect something to turn out. A certain way it doesn't, then you change it, and uh, so you got lots of lots of choices uh, that uh, you can proceed with. So anyway, take take advantage. Think about that tour, April seventh. The weather is wonderful, and uh, it's a free tour. You got the potential to get a, a fifty dollars. That's next Saturday. Gift. Sorry, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, so go to gardeningvolunteers.org. That's right. All right, so you can get all the information at Gardening Volunteers. Dot org. Well, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Dr. Calvin Finch in right now. Jerry will be here in a second, and uh, we'll talk to him the next hour probably. But uh, let's see. We have uh, about eight minutes left in this segment. So what, what's a good topic to talk about that folks are challenged with this uh, everybody's year? Everybody's getting anxious about their lawns. Mm. Now, we, we've kind of alerted folks. You know, you've got, if you've got lawn that is in the shade... You probably had winter weeds in there, rescue grass and annual bluegrass and everything, and it looked really wonderful in the after the cold weather left and, you know, nice and green. But the thing about it is this warm weather comes, it, it's going to fade. And uh, some people say, oh, no, my San Augustine grass looked great or my Bermuda looked great. Now it's already, what's what's the problem? Well, just look at it again. It's It's probably not... Your your main grass, your it's one of those winter grassy weeds that's just declining, and that the good news is it makes it's making room for the the San Augustine grass and the Bermuda grass, so you let it you let it just uh, uh, complete that process and decline in the heat, and uh, San Augustine will just perk up, and that's when we that's why we try to wait. Fertilize too. We try to wait till you mow real grass oh, twice. Okay. Yeah, because the the, lo- the weeds love it when we fertilize too early, but it's not a lot of benefit to the uh, to the permanent lawn. But when they when the San Augustine grass or the Bermuda grass has been mowed twice, that's kind of a indication that the root system is capable of picking up the nitrogen that we're going to put on there for the fertilizer and the other other nutrients too so it's environmentally appropriate to fertilize after your grass is is growing and you don't waste any of the nutrients uh, slow release lawn fertilizer i'm sorry uh, you want me to go get him oh it's jerry out yeah. there yeah sounds okay, good you, you keep talking okay yeah so we uh, the uh 
that's when we that's when we go ahead and fertilize and slow release lawn for fertilizer. The recommended uh, uh, 1959 is the is the most common one, and of course that's the one we have here at Millburgers. It's got some iron in it. It's got some sulfur sulfur in it. Fifty uh, percent of the nitrogen is is fast release, and so the grass can use it pretty quickly. And then 50% is uh, released over a few months, and that way that the gra- the lawn has access to uh, nutrients for that uh, a period of time. And then we'll fertilize again in, in the fall. Um, the other thing uh, will be uh, we want to get the uh, weeds down. You know, we general I mean, we want to deal with the summer weeds. One of the uh, the weeds that we really are have a problem with is sandburrs, and uh, it's it's a little past the recommended time. In fact, you may have some sandburrs that are are growing already, but that that's one of the weeds that uh, you may have some luck reducing the population, even if you put the pre-emergent herbicide like Dimension or uh, Amaze, you put that down now at this time, which is a little later, and then you put it down again, uh, might be the end of June or June 15th. And uh, so consider that, especially if you had problems with uh, sandburrs or crabgrass. Yeah, and I don't know if you discussed this, but the um, one of the challenges that I think is that people don't know what to treat for until they have it, then they call us, and they want to treat it, and it's too late, which I'm sure is very frustrating. So should you just do, even if maybe you didn't have a lot last year or you don't know really what you had, you just know you were fighting it, should you just do a pre-emergent as a preventative or no? Um, is that wasteful? Uh, well, if it's if you had sandburrs, okay. it's pretty obvious when you have sand, What do you call them, grass burrs? Huh? Yeah, right, yeah. sandburrs, Sand or grass burrs, yeah, they're pretty obvious. And I, I, there, Jerry and I discussed this. You know, normally most weeds, if you miss the, you know, for the winter weeds, if you miss the September 1 uh, deadline, you're going to, you, most of the weeds are going to come up even if you put it down. But sandburrs, you've got such a long season when they germinate. And it's a, it's sometimes more than one year of control. Uh, so so I think I, I, think I would... Uh, Maybe not too far into April, I mean, but that, that first week of April, I think it's worthwhile for you, if, especially if you had a problem with sandburrs, to go ahead. Go to plantanswers.com. There's a lot of discussion there and articles there. You know, another thing, Jerry, are we, uh, can we put that, uh, that lawn schedule, lawn work schedule on plantanswers.com? Or do we have one there? Uh, the one that you wrote? Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 we may have. Yes, a, we can. Yeah, I don't know if we put that on there or not. We may. I can't. I can't remember either. But what we're talking about is last Saturday's paper. Um, we did a year-long schedule of lawn care, and uh, I've gotten a, a pretty positive response. Uh, from, oh yeah, from folks, and it just kind of a uh, you know gives them. Well, a lot of people don't. Don't uh, talk about uh, caring for your lawn every single week. So they, right. they they would just soon have you know kind of review what it takes every month and then 
and then go about their own business. So maybe maybe we can get that arranged at implantanswers.com. Oh, as a segue here, just real quick, don't forget David Rodriguez is going to be at Millburgers right. on the 7th next Saturday, and he'll be doing a Turf Grass 101, and Trace was just rattling off topics, which was basically everything you always wanted to know about <laughs> turf grass. Uh, and that'll be from 1030 to noon, <clears throat> and you can just come on out and enjoy it. And uh, bring a notebook and a pen and paper, lots of questions, and David will be covering pretty much everything you could ask and then answering questions. So if he doesn't cover it, you ask him about it because if it grows, he knows. And David may have a schedule. <laughs> David may have a schedule like that, too, oh. on turf grass. I don't <laughs> no. know. If, uh, if not. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. Um, I'm going to ask it a weird way. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. What's, hey. what's new? Do you think David... Your way is always a weird way. <laughs> uh, thank you. Is David going to get any questions that sound like this? I have oak pollen all over my lawn. Oh, Lord. Should I mow it or should I rake it off? Is it causing damage or will it do my lawn any good? It may do your lawn some good. Really? Yeah. Is it got nutrients in it? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's Some. it's actually a high percentage of nutrients, but it's such a small mass that yeah. you're not oh. talking about. Uh, you know, it, that, that, that it just dissolves or decomposes really quickly. Yeah. I have to turn my wipers on every day, every morning. <laughs> Thank that's you a, very much. That, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I but, drive down the highway in between the leaves and the pollen. <laughs> I'm just leaving a trail, well, and then and I my, have and my yard. My I, uh, I car some, is yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have some extra. You got the leaves, the pollen, uh -huh. the cedar wax wings uh -oh. that come in mass, you know, and they've they've been eating the ligustrum berry, uh, berries, so they're they're purple. It's almost like they they come in like coming into an aircraft carrier. They're coming into the, <laughs> the bird bass, and they just they kind of swoop angle, and so they let let loose on the cars. Do you say they come in with their asses? Is that what you <laughs> no, that's not what he said. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And then, and then, and then I've got the white-winged doves that roost. Well, obviously they roost. do, Matthew. Oh, well, it's an Easter show. Let's keep it PG. Yeah. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, and the, the, the cool thing about My the cars look like compost piles, come uh, to think of it. Yeah, and there's... There's a couple cars. You know how people have, like, two cars, one they always drive, one they never drive? You can tell which one they never drive. It's the one that's parked <laughs> under the oak, and, and it's gone. For, it's no longer the white car. It's the <laughs> yellow, yellow car. Um, but, yeah, oh, that's just miserable. And the cedar wax wings are funny because the first time I noticed it, it's, it's bright and sunny. And I'm walking to my mail, and all of a sudden, <laughs> blip, 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 and it looks like rain. But there's not a cloud in the sky, and blip, 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 and it's not hitting me. It's just hitting in front of me, which I'm fortunate. <laughs> and it's like, uh, there's these are they're, they're aliens here. There's something wrong. And y'all told me, y'all explained, no, those were cedar wax wings that were sitting. Yeah, sitting and pooping. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they get pretty tame, tame because they'll yeah they'll they'll sit at the bird baths when you're in the in the driveway, or they'll especially they'll sit in the the trees. Well, they're and then they go. In mass over to the ligustrum, pick some more berries. Then a new team, you know, they these yeah. the ones that went originally come back, and a new team goes over there. So do they like the do they like they like uh, pittosporum? What was the one that? What's the plant that they just ate at Millburgers? They swept through. Oh, and, that. In the time we did the show, oh, they love pyracantha. Pyracantha, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's a and, little apple. And they like the hollies. Uh, 
Especially after a freeze, they like with those all those uh, berries like that. And disgustrums. Yeah, oh, they like the ugh. <laughs> now, if you li- if you li- if you listen to the uh, some of the native plant av- advocates, they're always trying to say talk about the legustrum uh, cannot can uh, you know we say the birds love them, and they'll say well they're not good for them. Said, they're well, not I'm, good for I've them. I've tried to explain that to my <laughs> cedar wax wings. And they, who, they, said, who said they're not good for them? Well, Why are they not if they good get, for them? There uh, have been, you know, I haven't I checked checked out this. Uh, it might be like the red food coloring thing. But uh, uh, if, you, if they get an excessive amount of uh, the glogustrum, sometimes they'll have, they'll have a, uh, a problem with flocks of birds. They'll be, and they they don't always always isn't to me it isn't real def- definite evidence that it's caused by the legustrum, but that what the claim is that if they eat an excessive amount of the legustrum, they they can have a problem in terms of uh, uh, toxicity. Oh, okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Jerry stick his tongue, <laughs> stuck his tongue out. Yeah, and, yeah. A, look, a look of disbelief. <laughs> Where he just kind of the hands go down, the eyes roll up. My yeah. great my great uncle used to talk about uh, in 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 Tennessee that mockingbirds would eat uh, black cherry, you know, oh, out, gosh, out yeah. of the black cherry tree yeah. after they'd fermented. Oh no! And get so drunk they'd fall out of the trees. <laughs> so those are no good for them anyway, too. Yeah. Hey, well, take, I don't know. Well, maybe alcohol. they enjoyed it. Yeah. I think even the pericantha will ferment. Oh. Uh, potentially. Maybe that legustrum will do that too. Yeah. Drunk birds at your home on the next Millburgers Gardening <laughs> South Texas. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, while we do, don't call. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're listening to our Easter show live uh, from actually recorded. In the studio, not live from Millburgers, but uh, we're going to be back next week, obviously. Next Saturday, we'll be live at the nursery. But in the meantime, enjoy your Easter holiday listening to the show and spending time with your family and friends. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. It's the second and final week of Millburgers' big anniversary celebration. And while I won't sing happy birthday again, I will sing and tell you the great items that you'll find on sale featured this week at Millburgers. Like begonias are on sale, Boston fur and hanging baskets, salvia gregi, and right now at Millburgers, you can get the Texas Superstar Gold Star Esperanza in the 12-inch pot, just $19.88. You'll save on Tropical High Biscuits, Bougainvillea Hanging Baskets, Ground Covers, and the best landscape and foundation plants for this area, including Japanese or Winter Gem Boxwood, Dwarf Yopon Holly, Dwarf Burford Holly, and more in the 3-gallon container, just $11.88. Citrus trees are on sale in the 5-gallon container for just $34.88. And you'll save on Millburgers Natural Lawn and Garden Fertilizer, now just twenty four ninety nine in the thirty pound bag, all at Millburgers Landscape Nursery. Closed on Easter, but open again on Monday at sixteen oh four on Bull Forty Road. Hi, this is David Birdie, and I'm the host of the List Radio Show. Each week from the Docu Studio, we bring San Antonio the individuals and companies that have made the list. Follow us on Facebook, and to hear past shows, go to thelistradioshow.com. But to find out who this week's list maker is, check us out right here, Saturday mornings from 11 to 12 on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Alamo Pool Builders prides itself on creating a personalized outdoor living space with your new swimming pool and hot tub spa. Alamo Pool Builder designs luxury pools for your oasis with waterfalls, fountains, and more. Mention this ad for a free maintenance package with pool purchase. Put a vacation in your backyard with Alamo Pool Builders. Call 888-99-ALAMO. That's 888-99-ALAMO or alamopoolbuilders.com. alamopoolbuilders.com. From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now, here is America's number one syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas. The media are still buzzing about last Sunday's interview with a porn star known as Stormy Daniels. None of her allegations have been corroborated, but that doesn't stop the media from promoting her story because they hate the president and it's all part of an effort to destroy him. Kathleen Parker writes in the Washington Post that there's no shame anymore, especially when it comes to subjects like the one discussed on 60 Minutes. She noted that while Bill Clinton did not start the open talk about behavior that used to be whispered in bar rooms at Legion Halls, if they were mentioned at all, today nothing seems out of bounds. The media never blame themselves for lowering America's moral standards. They carry on TV and especially in films and available pornography words and behavior that in days not long ago could get you a arrested and put in jail or a radio or television station to lose its license. Now we're supposed to believe that when the founders wrote the First Amendment, they had pornography in mind. We're doing this to ourselves. Only a revival will save us. I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary and other information, visit calthomas.com or send a written request mentioning the date and subject to Values Through Media, Post Office Box 7065, Arlington, Virginia, 22207. Tax-deductible gifts support these commentaries and are appreciated. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. Joe Walsh puts the border issue in plain English. There's a sizable chunk of people here in this country who don't want our borders to be secure. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. We're simply not a sovereign nation if we don't have secure borders. What's the use of having borders if you're not going to secure them? The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 10 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. This is our Easter show, so we're recording this in advance. Uh, so we're just kind of covering topics that you'll be interested in this time of year. And our last segment, do you want to cover vegetables or you want to cover tomatoes? Or what do we want to talk about? What? He's still out in the traffic. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like to give him that bit. Yeah, that, he's still out on the uh, Well, Calvin, in la- last week's, la- yeah, last yeah. week's, uh, uh, deal talked about a newspaper talked about in in the digging now section that it's time to plant tomatoes for the spring. I think we're right in the middle of it. Uh, use semi-determinate varieties like Valley Cat, especially if you got nematodes. Four 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 six zero two, HM eighteen twenty three, and we haven't mentioned it enough, but. Uh, Last year, we had uh, several taste panels to evaluate uh, 1823 uh, uh, against uh, Tycoon, and 1823 won every every taste test. Hmm. Wow! So you, that's you, exciting. You, you know, it's it's a uh, it's it was promoted as being a better tasting tomato. I, that's and first. we we kind of 
Yeah, poo -poo it's the first tomato I've ever seen where they actually put it in print that it was a better taste yeah. than tomato. Now, another, I don't know if I listed it, uh, but uh, Milberger's had it, as it, and some people mentioned that they like the Red Deuce, too. Right, and uh, I was getting ready to get to that. Uh, the uh, My my lady gardener up in uh, Junction and uh, several people up in that Junction, uh, Rock Springs uh, uh, area say that Red Deuce is quickly becoming the... Uh, Hill Country Tomato, hmm. because uh, it it tastes so good and has, has such good uh, production about it. So, uh, Red Deuce, Red Deuce, are one to try. Uh, Eighteen twenty three is one to try, and of course for a cherry cherry tomato, uh, a BHN uh, nine sixty eight, and that's nematode resistant too. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is a good one that a lot of people have had good luck with and and like the taste of. And then he's got one I'm not familiar Sun, with. What Sunbright? No, it's Tycoon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, didn't we used to have, have that on the market? Uh, it's somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember something like that. As far as I can tell, years ago? yeah, they they stopped it. Nobody I think liked that it. that one's been they've been claimed the. This final sale of Tycoon for, yeah, for like six months now. Yeah, we, we started off so panicked that Trace keeps finding them. Yeah, he keeps yeah. finding because I, I was over there buying some tomatoes from his source, uh, Milberger's source, and asked for Tycoon. They didn't have it. Uh-huh. And then Trace bought it. Yeah. To find one flat, he said. Uh, so he, he found the last flat, I guess, had gotten mixed in with some other things. Now, you can get Tycoon in gallons. You, you, at least... You can? We, yeah. In yeah. the past, yeah. we've been able to get it in gallons. Well, they were, I think they were last weekend they were there. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. And so, uh, and that, uh, and, and if you want to join our little deal like we were talking about saving seed of tycoon and i've got a write-up on uh, plantanswers.com on on uh, how to save seed uh and also uh, in the uh, in the uh topics of the month in the topics of the month section in red over to the to the right of your screen <coughs> as you if you if you how uh, long is it I mean, the article that you got. I was just wondering if I should try to... It's one of my shorter articles. Only se seven or eight pages. <laughs> seven or eight pages. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it would be kind of fun to put it in the, yeah. In the paper. Yeah, too. it yeah. would be. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Because it also is a... It, it's an interesting topic because of the hybrids and people's understanding and right. our understanding of right. hybrids. Yeah. That would be a good uh, good one to put on there. And then you're going to send me the one on the grass, so, and I'll check and see if see if it's on there anywhere. I may I may. <laughs> I, I hate these radio professionals, don't you? <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see. We mentioned Valley Cat was nematode resistant. Valley Celebrity, Cat. yeah, Valley Cat, and and Celeb we had. Calvin didn't even mention celebrity. Didn't I? Did I miss it? Uh, yeah. 
You you just well, that's so obvious that everybody uses celebrity, and, but that's nematode resistant too. Yeah, unless unless it got edited out, I don't. And nine sixty. I generally list it. And nine sixty eight too is is nematode resistant. Well, okay. Oh yeah, tycoon. Tycoon is was nematode resistant. It, when it existed. Huh? When it existed, back when it was existed. Now, yesterday, yesterday on yesterday's show, mm-hmm. we announced an exciting development in the pepper deal. Yeah. I had good news and I had bad news. Okay. Did, uh, did, did it germinate? <laughs> did we get some germination? We got some germination right. on the patines. Oh, the patines. Oh. The penguins. <laughs> yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. Milton yeah. and that's what That's what I said, too, when they told me. Uh, but anyway, we got some uh, patines, and they'll be in the, in the nurseries, along with Lajo, largest jalapeno on earth. That's cool. A mile of jalapenos, and that that'll be uh, next week. They they should start uh, coming into the nursery. So uh, we've got we got several people that wanted the uh, uh, Parsons Potent Chili Penguin. And so on the tag, there'll be a penguin patine will be written on the tag. And they'll be in, they'll be in uh, four and a half inch. Not uh, two inch, but four <laughs> and a half inch. But uh, now That's what's already in the nursery, already gotten in the nursery, is one called Grande Jalapeno. It may be uh, bigger and more jalapeno-like shaped than Lajo. Oh, how interesting! And uh, but and the hotter. Pro- and hotter. That's a, that's the problem. It's hotter. Uh, it's it's a it's a number variety. Uh, eight nine eighty nine ten, but on the tag it'll just say Grande Jalapeno. All right. Now, if you <clears throat> and it's already it's already at the nurseries. Why does Lajo Joe and the Parsons Potent Penguin will be in the nurseries next week? Well, hang on a second, Calvin. Hold okay. your question until we come back after the news. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. We're recording today's Easter show. Hope you and your family are having a wonderful Easter. On behalf of the uh, nursery, on behalf of the docs, again, wishing you a happy Easter. Back in a moment, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons talking gardening with you. Uh, no, don't call in today. Don't even try. Well, you can wish, you can call and wish uh, Felix a... Uh, happy Easter. But other than that, uh, just sit back and enjoy the show as we're recording it today on this Easter Sunday. We're not, the nursery is closed. We're not here. Uh, but I hope you're having a wonderful Easter holiday. Okay, did we finish well, the tomato uh, talk? Let's just mention. Or the uh, pepper talk? Let's mention, uh, Jerry always brings up the fact that the peppers are less uh, popular than tomatoes. One of the things about uh, peppers that mo- most of our families don't use as many peppers as we would from the tom- tomatoes from the garden. That's, that's true. But the the cool thing is that they're one of the most attractive and easiest to grow in a container. Right. Yeah, they're attractive container. Yeah. Plants. So you could, you know, if you got a five-gallon container, 
or a half whiskey barrel I use, and uh, you know one of the any you know one of the jalapeno pepper it might be enough for your whole family or two, uh, and you know just and if the four you can buy those four and a half inches uh, in uh, single plants or you can get the one gallon in, in single plants too, and so you don't in the old days we'd always have to buy six. Uh, six, six yeah, six yeah. packs. Six, which was generally uh, for for small gardens and for families didn't, that didn't use a lot of pepper. So consider that. Uh, uh, consider the the peppers that are on the market. There's lots of choices, and some of those mild jalapenos and uh, um, the uh, banana peppers still mm-hmm. there. The yeah, gr- green peppers. Uh, put those in a, a container. Very attractive and e- easier to grow, I think, in a container than than in the garden. And but those banana peppers are almost ornamental. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of like real Grande Go would have been. If we got I have a feeling that was the bad news part of the good news, <laughs> bad news. <laughs> but I hadn't given up. I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to get them to Remember last, last time he had this problem? Yeah. Then, uh, they, then they're... They reseeded. I don't remember if it was the lettuce yeah, or peppers. The, they reseeded and suddenly. There's peppers. Yeah. So, and so, they so found, they found a, a good, good seed bunch. So I'm going to look in our refrigerator and <clears throat> see if there's some seed hiding in there. And if we if we do get some plants, we definitely want to save the seed of those. Yeah. And we, we, uh, d- we need to have a seed saving day at the nursery. Is that right? Well, Trey said he was up for it, and Charles, I you think, is up how, for it. You mean how to do it? Either how to do it or just bring your plants, and <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Get them over here and get a gift certificate for another pepper or something like that. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, I mean, the only thing wrong with that I can think of is, like, would you know it was Tycoon if they didn't tell you it was Tycoon? No. Yeah. So uh, how do we do that? When they get big. They yeah, all you might be able to tell it if it was a plant. Full of fruit next to a, <laughs> like a, you might be able to tell if it's a, oh. Comparison. Comparison, or yeah. But an individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, some of them are pretty typical, though. Yeah. Like celebrity sometimes. Yeah. Now, the Rio Grande Gold Ty- is. Tycoon's going to be bigger. Yeah. Bigger fruit. The Rio Grande Gold is fairly distinctive if you brought that in. Oh, yeah. It's oh, a, the it's peppers are distinctive. Yeah, peppers, peppers are more are distinctive. Yeah. Especially if you bite into it. Yeah. That's it's a, sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know. It tastes like a bell pepper. No, and then, yeah. and, and it's you, can, you can really tell the difference if you bite into the to the Rio Grande or the bell ghost pepper. The Carolina Reaper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's no no <laughs> problem deciding which is which. Okay. Those. And uh, A&M came out with a hot Rio Grande go. Oh, did they really? Why'd they do that? I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Instead of just, tra- just leave it instead alone. Instead of focusing on something that was as good as Rio Grande Go. Yeah. Well, uh, then if you they came up with a uh, hot one. What does it taste? Did you try it? I was I no. was thinking that it's burpless, so it very so if you you wouldn't burp and burn somebody uh. with the <laughs> with the fire coming <laughs> out of out of your mouth. That's belched with nothing. I'm burpless. sorry. I'm I'm, I'm Cucum- a- cucumbers are burpless. Real Grande Gold is belchless. Oh, is there a I'm whole? A, si- I'm a little gauche. Whole science on uh, burps and belches? Is that there it? is, <laughs> because there's a chemical in those peppers that make you belch. Huh. And there's is there a position at A and M now? Or, <laughs> well, in the old days, there may have been. Yeah. Yes, uh, you're well, there's a pepper breeder at A and M position. So, uh, 
anyway and and we're we're encouraging he still has Rio Grande gold seed and uh we've been trying to get him to increase them yeah and you know they're always trying to make money over at A&M so we told him that if he would increase those seed uh we can get the local uh plant growers to buy buy some of the seed and so uh i don't know he's since it wasn't his idea i don't think he's excited about it oh. okay. and it wasn't his pepper either mm-hmm. okay. but anyway uh let's talk so. about uh garden fertility uh i know everybody's rushing out to plant tomatoes and in containers and in the garden and uh uh, and so, so some people that uh, are, uh, read read the paper and whatever are cons- and, and are novice gardeners uh, sometimes want to go out and uh, get a soil test done. Well, those soil tests are expensive and not very uh, precise. I'll put it that way. So uh, I would encourage you if you if you got a new garden area. That uh, that you haven't fertilized or or, or done anything with uh, er, ever, or uh, for a couple of years, maybe you moved into a house that had a garden there. I think a good uh, base recommendation for fertility of a of a garden plot would be five pounds per hundred square feet. Okay, or ten uh, cups. Yeah, of a nineteen five nine, and uh, and we had a question. I think I think it was on the radio. Somebody said, "Do I need to buy vegetable fertilizer for the vegetable Special garden?" Special tomato fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, tomato fertilizer. They sell it for the. Do what? They sell tomato fertilizer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. azalea fertilizer and yeah. uh, all sorts of different kinds. But basically, what you want to use is the uh, 19.59 slow release fertilizer. Now, uh, we were talking about it, uh, I think it was last week. Millburgers has come out with a very good uh, organic fertilizer. And uh, I'm just following little Davy Rodriguez's uh, recommendation where he says. Uh, you can use organic fertilizers, but uh, you you got to realize you got to use probably three times, three times the recommended amount on the bag to to keep up with uh, nineteen five nine slow release. Well, and you, you you know in terms of the logic, it's pretty simple. You know we're talking about nineteen five nine. That's nineteen percent a nitrogen source. And then when, when this uh, this new uh, organic fertilizer six one two, there you go, and that so that's six percent nitrogen. So if you're just if you're equating the amount of nitrogen, uh, that that's where you get the three times the three times as much to get an equal amount of nitrogen there. <coughs> and that and it's one another issue, uh, and we talk about this a lot. It's all. All slow release, basically, uh, yeah. organic fertilizer. So, the, an organic program 
works best if it's long-term, disciplined, and uh, the the problem with our, you know, our gardening where we got like tomatoes that are short season tomatoes, you know, you want your nitrogen available right quick, high amounts, onions, all those all those kind of things we're growing, so it gets more and more difficult. So uh, I think David is an advocate for combination. That's what I was just getting ready mm-hmm. to say. Uh, the my recommendation and what I would do is I would try I would mix in three t- three times the recommended amount of this new Millburger uh natural lawn and garden fertilizer into the into the mix because what it does it's it's a fer- it is a fertilizer after it breaks down but w- what it really does is uh condition the soil but remember that we're we're on a fast track with these tomatoes and peppers and whatever Onions, to get them to get them to set and produce uh, large amounts of fruit and high quality fruit before the hot weather comes which we never know when it's going to be so <clears throat> if you just use this uh, natural this uh, organic fertilizer that conditions the soil, uh, you really probably won't start getting the uh, beneficial uh, nutrients into into the soil or available to the plant uh, until later on in the season. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Depends on what the the organic fertilizer sources are but uh, you know you were talking about a couple months sometimes right for that, right, for that right nitrogen to start being released and Con- your fer- your fertilizer your your season will be over in a couple of months mm-hmm. so so the the actual best way to to fertilize is to use them both i always tell tell people that about Ms. nethery up in uh, Junction, my gardener up there, uh, mulches. You, you, he works organ uh, manures into the soil, horse manure into the soil. Then she mulches with it, and then she uses. She used to use uh, 19.59 slow release huh. with with copious amounts of manure melting. Oh, okay. Or huge amounts of manure, however you want to put it. But I, uh, I on my peach orchard, I, I had some large vegetable gardens and fruit, and uh, I had access to horse manure that had composted from. Oh the my neighbors. goodness! Yeah, and it was it was That's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, boy, what a luxury that that is to have access. You know, in a rose bed, that's oh yeah, yeah, it's you know that you're able to put four inches on every year, and yeah, uh, so. Organic fertilizer is really desirable. It's uh, it's just you gotta. It's a it's a different world. We just gotta uh, figure out uh, what's the most efficient, effective way uh, to use it. It's also quite expensive. I mean, you know, yeah. but in terms of if you're looking at the nitrogen source, uh, organic fertilizers are generally more expensive than uh, manufactured fertilizers. And remember the nutrients. In the fertilizers, whether they be organic, man-made, are taken up by by the plants in the same form. 
whether it's from organic source or, uh, or uh, chemical source. Uh, and remember that uh, 1959 slow release is a slow release, so 50% of the of the uh, nitrogen is available when you first put it on, and then 50% is over available over the next three months. So uh, that that is not the case with the uh, organic fertilizers. You don't have uh, you. It's a slow release. But you don't have that upfront release that you do with the uh, 19.59 slow release. So, uh, d but uh, d we, I personally don't think that you think you you're saving your money or I don't I don't think it's worth uh, sending a soil sample in <coughs> because they come back. In, in fact, this. Uh, the, this deal in Neil Spears a uh, week or so ago. So, uh, Wait a minute. He, he, Are you criticizing Neil Sperry? Again? <sighs> We're going to have to call Neil. <laughs> this is que <clears throat> the question he got was, my soil test re report suggests I only apply nitrogen to my tomato garden. Uh, won't that result in all these and no fruit? So that's that's basically all you get is from a soil test is uh, they're, they're going to say that you need nitrogen, which leaches out of the soil. And, and, I want, they're, they're what, and what Jerry's talking about, too, in terms of a, a small garden <laughs> or a landscape, is such, is such we've manipulated it so much, and you, your your sample, you know, you know there's, there's a... a a amount of error in a, every soil test, and then you've got huge variation in in most landscapes. So it kind of loses its practicality yeah. in terms of predicting. Now I, I always say this on my when I did a had a commercial peach orchard, it was pretty useful because I could, you know, I had take a, a sample, couple samples each acre, and uh, then you'd have a. You'd have, you could see the variation from acre to acre, and then you have an overall. It, 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 was, it was pretty efficient in terms of putting together a commercial fertilizer. But that not, that's not necessarily the same thing when we're doing our, our garden. I think too often uh, we just say that soil tests are great, and then you don't go on to say, well, how, how are they useful when we're talking about well, a raised bed garden? Absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, and uh, one of the main reasons that they don't recommend phosphorus in in the fertilizers, uh, they say that we've got too much in the soil already. I say they're not available for the plant to use immediately. And uh, but, the, but one of the main reasons is that they cut back on phosphorus on these soil samples is for to save the co big commercial growers that money you know they they mix all the elements separate and so they have to buy phosphorus which adds to their fertilizer expense did you ever get a soil sample back that said not to add phosphorus no or do you remember no that was before on the peach that. orchard yeah that was before all that started no, and I, I yeah of course i part of it is too <laughs> i had sandy soil yeah and so you get you get you get back this is sandy mineral soil. You have no nutrients in yeah. it. Basically. 
Well, I, I take that back. The, the, the clay would be close in some parts of mm -hmm. it, and you were able to recognize that. But, yeah, a sand, a sand is uh, can be a generally a little Le more uniform. Leaches out yeah. uh, stuff. So... But, but anyway, don't don't worry. We're too. It's too late for you to send in a soil sample. In other words, it'll take too long to get it back, and what you get back is not going to be useful. So uh, now, if you, I think they cost fifteen dollars. So if you want to send us the fifteen dollar fifteen dollar check. What is it we say? We would appreciate it. It'll be appreciated. It'll yes. be very much appreciated. <coughs> You've never seen appreciation until you give that check and, to Jerry. And I will send you <coughs> a me. note on uh, what you need to do for your soil. If I, rem <laughs> if I remember right. You will psychically analyze the soil. Uh, absolutely. Didn't uh, David and Trace both work for Wolf Nursery, and didn't they do soil, make a big deal of soil, free soil tests? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they would... Uh, the thing you would get out of him, we, we, I used to recommend that the, that they take soil samples in there, was the pH, soil pH. And uh, what did you all, mean all of those came back. 7.4 or 7.2? Yeah, two. Uh, between uh, 7.8 and 8.2. Uh, oh. Higher than that. All of them came back for the, well, and they were, they were selling fertilizer, of course. And so they would say, well, we put some sulfur in there. And uh, that's before A&M did a lot of studies on sulfur for apples and tried to change the pH of the soil on their, on their apple orchards and add it, put it on a, a, a pound per square foot. Mm -hmm. Worked for 20 minutes, <laughs> just, just long enough to kill everything. and then <laughs> Yeah, and four, four years later, it uh, went back. It, it it was not the pH was not significantly changed. Yeah, the the soil the soil is that's a it's a pretty interesting story because the soil is so highly buffered, it's right. so chemically it's potent. Buffered. It's buffered. Yeah, that you that those kind of um, manipulations, and they're and you know by necessity they're shallow, so you've got this soil reservoir right. that's so highly buffered and and alkaline that's. Working against that little two <laughs> inches of uh, sulfur up there. Right. Well, now <clears throat> before we get off sulfur on on lawns, uh, we have seen uh, because uh, lawn services a lot of times will apply sulfur uh, to lawns to green it up. And what it does is to change a microclimate, a real small area. Releases and, some iron. And it releases some iron in that very small area and greens the lawn up. So that's that's why the, in Milberger's uh, lawn fertilizer, they have some they yeah. have some sulfur in there and quite quite a bit of sulfur. Uh, but it it can't it, they can't put they don't put it on at a pound per square foot, but uh, it's just an, enough. Uh, to, to drop the pH of that under the grass, right mm -hmm. under, under the grass roots. So is this, a, is this an appropriate Easter topic? Sure. Manipulating the soil, <laughs> sure. the soil pH, and we'll we'll correct it next next uh, segment. We'll play some Easter music. Oh, we'll mix okay. Them up. 
All right, we're going to take a break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, a recorded Easter edition. We're not in today. We're hopefully celebrating with family and friends. Hope you are, too. A happy Easter on behalf of everybody at Millburgers. And we'll be back in a moment on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, our recorded Easter edition. Hope you're having a wonderful Easter with uh, your family and friends. Uh, we're closed today, so don't bother coming by. Just uh, go ahead and enjoy the day, and you can enjoy it with us uh, by uh, just uh, listening to the show. So don't call in unless you want to wish Felix a happy Easter back at the station. <laughs> now, he'd like that, but it won't help you get on the air. So think of your questions, and you can send them to us. Uh, next uh, next Saturday when we're back on the air live. Okay. All right, what should we talk about now? I found one of my questions uh, of the week for a week before last. Uh, I, I think we covered it on the radio, but in case somebody was not listening, uh, we we've talked about uh, people always say that uh, I've not had very good luck getting tomatoes to set fruit in the past what can I do differently uh, the main the main problem with that uh, when you when you can't have uh, fruit set the number one problem is wrong varieties okay and we talked about that previously uh, and we, we gave out the the probably cut uh, what the way to make sure you get the right varieties is shopping Millburgers yeah. Because that's all they have. Recommended price. Now, then the second, there's some other um, issues, too. Right. A shade. Right. We, we, haven't, talked, we uh, haven't talked about shade as much as we, we used to, but it's even getting to be more and more of an issue as uh, neighborhoods mature and uh, our trees are getting old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we water them, and so they're thicker and they're larger, and uh, we have uh, places that, where uh, I noticed that in my vegetable garden, you know, where places that started in full sun are now highly shaded, yeah, or, or mm. partially shaded at least sometimes. Uh, I think people forget that they ten after ten. It years, was always probably. sunny, so that it's, it's still sunny even though yeah. the trees have grown over yeah. it. And the San Augustine grass looks so great under there, but now it doesn't. I just don't know what the problem is. <laughs> or t- tomatoes. I, I, I'll never forget. Jerry's got a slide set. Uh, and it uh, there's a there's a slide on there, and it involved a discussion with a, a gardener, and he was trying to Jerry was trying to figure out what was the problem, and they they denied that it was a shade problem, so they sent him the picture, and it was they were planted <laughs> at the base of a. Uh, oak tree. I mean, it was like <laughs> oh wow, twenty four inches in diameter, and then the tr- they were only like two feet away, all the way around. No shade problem though. Yeah. No, 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 no shade problem. He th- he thought he could see the sun from the yeah. tree. <coughs> oh, uh, and so I wrote him back and told him. I said, "Well, the deal is, if you're tying your tomatoes to a a tree, yeah. supporting your tomato with a tree." Then you're probably in too much shade. You were that diplomatic? Yeah, I thought that My was pretty My goodness. How, how long ago was that? That was a relative. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they need nearly uh, full to nearly full sun 10 hours a day during the summer. And and 10 hours of sun a, a day. And I always put the uh, additive on there that that's sunbathing sun. 
That's not that you can see the sun from the where you got them planted, but that sunbathing sun that it'll burn you, it'll burn you, give you a suntan if you lay out there with your tomatoes. So uh, that that pretty well clues it in. Uh, they they need that much to bloom, and to set maximum potential. I speak uh, all plants are that way, or most plants are that way except for your uh, ornamentals that bloom in the shade. but And there's not very many of those. But uh, I was looking at uh, uh, dwarf yopon holly and uh, planted up my sidewalk. It's 40 years old. It's huge. Hmm. And uh, they're blooming where they get sun. Mm-hmm. And as you get closer to the door, where they're in the shade all the time, not a bloom on them. Yeah. Well, I've seen... And my citrus citrus does the same thing. We always brag on uh, Yopan Holly and how shade tolerant it is. Oh, yeah. But you can, if it's in deep shade after a a long time, you can tell. I mean, it's not not as uh, tight or compact. Yeah, it's not as compact. Yeah. Well, you're right on that that citrus for sure. You know, I told you about the one uh, satsumum I'm kind of using as part of a, with a calamundum mm-hmm. edge there. And uh, and the part that the uh, satsuma is a little more uh, uh, vigorous in terms of going in all directions. And the, the branches that come out from the shaded part are have got the blooms on it. Oh, and, yeah. And everything else is uh, back. I can just see the... The plant, you know, <laughs> has felt the sun, and now it's going to be, forget growing back there in the shade. We're going out there, man. Yeah, the Calamundum, you can stay right there. And they, ch- they, chase, they chase the sun. Plants chase the sun. And uh, we've and got that Lady Banks Rose. I don't know oh Jerry, Lord, if you remember that. It's about 35 feet into the uh-huh, tree. Big, big mesquite and, over, and a live oak. And... It's found it's found a way in several places to to the sun, and so there's these blooms that are, look like they're out there all by themselves, mm-hmm. you know. But it's pretty spectacular this time of the year for about three weeks. Yeah, people underestimate the the productivity of sun. I guess it just, it just makes sense. If you're growing plants, you need to have most of them in the sun. Uh, in fact, that uh, too much shade was number three. Uh, number two was he planted too late, mm. and uh, uh, and and uh, and the last one was that you didn't keep your plants vigorous. Tomatoes need consistent amounts of water and nitrogen to keep them growing strong, and that's why we talk about slow release fertilizer. Because you get you've got uh, the the best possible situation there where you've got fifty percent of the available nitrogen is available when you pu- when you pu- when you put it in the soil around the plant, and then for the next three months, that's slowly releasing the uh, the other uh, it's sulfur coated urea, which is a slow release nitrogen. To, so the plant never actually runs out of uh, runs out of nitrogen water, and or nitrogen. 
and uh, you need consistent amounts. And that's why in containers where, where, we're, to where we're growing citrus, where if you're growing your citrus in containers and, and tomatoes or peppers or anything else, that's where we get into talking about that uh, copious amounts of Osmocote fertilizer. That's a different slow release than you put on your lawn and in your garden. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's a slow release formulation, just like just like uh, the uh, the, fer the garden. Much less salty. Much less salty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an event. It's uh, very compared comparatively, it's expensive too. Yeah, I've I'm working with a guy that. Uh, Expense is no problem, and uh, he's got his vegetables in a raised bed garden, mm -hmm. and he mulches with osmocote. Mm. And I mean, you're talking about growing, and uh, he's not burned a plant yet. And when when you go in there, the top of the soil, uh, is, it looks like it's covered with BBs. You know the the extracts. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know how much how much he he definitely uses copious, and uh, maybe more than copious, but uh, I mean those plants grow like a sumptuous, house <laughs> bountiful. And yeah, <laughs> and you know we were talking about um, that's where that's where it gets into trouble talking about <laughs> semi-determinate plants. You know we we're talking about that. Uh, uh, what was that new cherry? Uh, Ruby, Ruby Crush. Crush. Ruby Crush being a, a semi-determinate uh -huh. or, or even a determinate type of plant. He got Ruby Crush plants down there in a greenhouse, of course, that are eight feet tall. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Eight or, eight or nine feet tall. And just pouring out there, pumping out the tomatoes. And uh, that that's that's another thing. When you use the slow release fertilizers, you know people always say, "Well, I don't want to over fertilize uh, the plants. <coughs> I don't want to put too much nitrogen on it. They'll go all to foliage and, and no fruit." And I've I probably have written that thirty years ago too, but that's before these uh, new hybrids came along. Uh, determinate or semi-determinate hybrids came along and they will set fruit regardless of the fertilizer. I've never seen a plant uh, over fertilize a hybrid over fertilized. Now where we where we get the where we get uh, unless it kills it from salting it out but that's that's the neat thing about these slow releases but where we where we get into problems it's where we start using these indeterminate or, or large growing uh, plants uh, and they and, and sparse setting of fruit. And back in 30, 35 years ago, we were talking about uh, indeterminate plants. We recommended Batter Boy and uh, some people use Big Boy and those types of things. They can be over fertilized, and a lot of these heirlooms. That's that's the problem with a lot of these heirlooms. Mm -hmm. People are. Well, it's not a problem if you're into tomato foliage. Oh yeah, well <laughs> that's, that's true. Too. You know another another thing that uh, people uh, like, 
I think we got a lot of new gardeners, uh, new to tomato growing, and the new. T they uh, when you when you put, you know, you're you're going to put your slow release lawn fertilizer down, hopefully before you plant, and then you're also going to, you potentially could uh, put another uh, application, you know, every month or every three weeks, um, and you want to be careful. Don't 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 put that right on the base of the plant because we the that will potentially burn the stem uh oh yeah yeah no that you know we're not talking about 10 feet away but you know a, a, f a foot away is not too far away from the stem it, and once the plant is it put some growth on like after three weeks or a month that the roots will get access to that to those nutrients too so I used to, I, I, I had some problem in the past doing that, uh, burning some stems, and you, and you, you know. With slow-release fertilizer? Yeah, even, uh, or winterizer, you know. Well, when, yeah, when yeah, that's fall. a rapid release. Yeah, when you do it in the fall, the winterizer mm -hmm. is an issue, too. So just, uh, but 50% of that nitrogen in the slow-release manufactured, uh, the 1959 is, uh, a fast release too, so you can yeah. can burn if you pile it up like pile that. It, yeah, if you do copious amounts of that. Uh, there like you go. Or whereas uh, the asthma coat is uh, is not there's not an issue like that. It's just more mild. Now, what a lot of the organic people like about organic fertilizers is you can't burn plants mm. with them. And in fact, you remember I told Trace to, to plant plant plants directly into this fertilizer. And see see if they live or die. I'm I'm sure they'll live and do well. It'd be interesting to do one of the, like uh, uh, Malcolm's old experiments and do a, yeah do yeah. A, the, the, this fertilizer versus the slow release lawn fertilizer to see what kind of a performance we. I'd like to, I'd like to see this fertilizer with copious amounts of osmico uh -huh. in a container. That'd be cool. Yeah. I guarantee you that's going to grow a heck of a plant. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, uh, just uh, reminding you, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. This is our Easter edition, and um, you've got something there. Uh, we're, we're recording today, so did you want to talk about that? And I'm going to uh, send Calvin to talk again, ask him to talk again about the uh, upcoming uh, tour. So I don't know what you've got there. Is that an, an, what yeah. is? Okay, what do you got? It's Take Care of Texas. Mow like a pro. Uh -huh. Save money, use less water, apply fewer pesticides and fertilizers, and avoid common lawn problems. And so they, they give some tips on it. Now, who's this, they? The, this is from the, uh, how did I get this? Uh, the, landscape, the nursery. Oh, okay. The nursery Association, T TNLA. And it says uh, tips and trips for tips and tricks for green lawn. Said one third remove no more than one third of the grass blade during each mowing. A slightly taller blade shades the soil, holding in moisture. It also prevents weed growth. So uh, <coughs> that. that that third is probably easy to do with St. Augustine, where where people get uh, messed up is with zorzia. You know that that grows so slowly, and uh, I think I, I think I was telling a week ago, or so ago, 
where I saw somebody that had had uh, waited too long. Waited too long. Scalped the head. Uh, yeah, and so they had the the, the grass uh, matted and did it. Every, they they waited for weeks without mowing those, and then when they went in to mow it. It was matted and uh, had brown spots in it, and didn't look, didn't do zoysia uh, uh, much. Yeah, that we uh, I had zoysia for a number of years and loved it, but the uh, I mow, had to mow it every week. Yeah, even though sometimes it seemed like it was wasted yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, you know. But you uh, you're just cutting a little bit off, and you wanted to you could use a rotary mower as long as you kept it sharp, and that worked that worked pretty well. You didn't get that. Uh, that ripping, uh, yeah, those pulling, bald kind of areas, yeah. yeah. So as long as you did it weekly, yep. you just had to make yourself do it weekly. When grass is growing slowly, raise the mowing hive and cut it less often. Hmm. Gotta <laughs> be careful about that. If your grass is growing quickly, more, more often, mow more often. Momo. Mow more often. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't like to mow more often. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, I gave that one of the first presentations I gave was to the uh, San Antonio uh, uh, Men's Garden oh, Club. Why did he tell this? And Jerry has given me advice <laughs> and, uh, exactly on He's this He's still topic. bitter after yeah. all these years. Yeah, and he said, uh, he, he said uh, mow more often. And so, and he said, well, just... Uh, just tell them it's good exercise. Uh-huh. So it I did is. it. So I did it, and there was a steely silence <laughs> out there in the audience. These are all retired generals yeah. and brigadier generals. Exercise. We don't need exercise. Uh, we don't need no stinking exercise. Uh, let's see. Mow when the grass is dry. Mm-hmm. Leave grass clippings on the lawn. Beside, beside personal preference, there's no reason to remove them. Uh, they recycle nutrients and water back to your lawn and improve the topsoil. You agreeing with all this so far, Kevin? Yeah, they're logical. The the, the degree of of uh, I mean, you definitely don't want to waste that organic material. You just you just can't rely on it too much. You know, you're not gonna it's yeah. not gonna replace fertilizer. Or, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, every little bit helps, I guess. Yeah, it does. Keep your mower's mower's blade sharp and clean. Lawns cut with dull blades lose moisture faster and are more prone to disease. Is that what they mean? Because you get ripping. I never heard that. Yeah, unless they mean lawns cut with with dull blades lose moisture faster. Huh. Well, if they if they mean that they get instead of a sharp more, cut, they get kind of more surface area. Yeah, and they get uh, ripping, ripping. Yeah. Okay. Tearing, ripping, tearing, and are more prone to disease. I don't think so. I don't think the sharp blade. Anyway, there there was good there there were good thought. Mow over leaves so they would decompose along. With the grass clippings, consider using mulching blades to shred clippings and leaves. I don't know. Do they have lawn mowers without mulching blades anymore? They do. You can buy those. <laughs> I've got one. I got one. Oh, do you? 
Recently, yeah. Well, last time I bought one, I was that way. Yeah. Which I and I thought I was getting a mulching, but I wasn't. Oh. Yeah. Mine's got a mulching blade on it. All right. Alrighty. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Calvin, you'll talk about the, uh, the tour. Okay. And uh, in the meantime, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Uh, we're broadcasting today as we're recording our broadcast today. So we're not at the nursery. In fact, the nursery is closed on Easter Sunday. And on behalf of the nursery, on behalf of the docs, hope you're having a wonderful Easter holiday. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back in a moment. I'm Milton Glick, and this is Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. This is The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons. And we're talking gardening with you. And you just got to sit back and enjoy it because uh, we're recorded today. So you can't call in, and you can call in next week. And we'll be back on Saturday. The nursery will be open again tomorrow on Monday. So you can call in, and uh, uh, you can come by Monday. And I think Monday is the last day of the big anniversary celebration. So go to MillburgerNursery.com. And learn more about that. Go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more about David's seminar on the uh, Turfgrass 101 next Saturday here at Millburgers from 1030 to noon. You can uh, enjoy that. No cost. Uh, just come on by. No reservations needed. Uh, if you've got reservations, talk to David. He'll, he'll make you feel better about being there. Um, and mm-hmm. you, Yeah, bad joke. Uh, but otherwise, uh, you can uh, just come on by and enjoy it. Dave does a good job. Was that a joke? Yeah, that was, in oh. case you didn't notice. Yes. <laughs> that was uh, one of my friends. That was his thing. We go to a restaurant. Do you all have reservations? Yes, but we came anyway. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> feel free to use that at your next restaurant. Um, all right, let's see. Oh, um, so that's you'll find more about that one at com too. And then you'll find out about all the upcoming events. And then, um, so let's see. So next Saturday, the seventh, besides David's presentation, yeah, from nine to three p.m., you can participate in the uh, low water use landscape tour, uh, sponsored by Trinity Glen Rose San Antonio Water System, San Antonio River Authority. There's six landscapes out there that have been identified because they're attractive, and they get, show some creativity individually. Uh, different, um, diverse landscapes, and they all use reasonable amounts of water. And then you can go out there and get some ideas about your own landscape. Uh, there'll be gardening volunteers at each landscape to an- answer any questions you may have about uh, the landscape. And then there's another uh, kind of an interesting uh, enc- encouragement or motivation uh the first 200 folks, if you go to all six of the landscape, you'll get a choice between a uh, Milberger's uh, $50 gift certificate or a uh, gift certificate from Stone and Soil. And so that, that's kind of neat. Uh, if you really if you need the information, you want to learn, uh, you can go ahead and do that and get a $50 gift certificate. Uh, if you want more information... Uh, go to the gardening volunteers. www.gardeningvolunteers.org uh, uh, for and look under the yard tours tab, and it'll tell you the a- addresses of uh, of all the the six landscapes that are involved, and should be should be really interested. There's some in Mission Mission Ridge neighborhood, Bluffview Estates, Whispering Oaks. Uh, Vance Jackson, 
and uh, the, the, those four, uh, some of those neighborhoods have a couple of houses there. So uh, lot, lots of information to gain, potential to get. If you're, if you're there relatively early, you could get a $50 gift certificate, and you, you learn a lot. And the website yep. again, Milton? Gardening Volunteers with an S dot org. Gardening Volunteers dot org. Is That's the, April 7th, yeah. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And if you didn't get that, go ahead and search for Gardening Volunteers of South Texas, and they'll take you to the site. <coughs> hey, do you promote uh, Bunny Bloom Larkspur for uh, Easter? <laughs> you should do that. Is it bloom around Easter? We, we did uh, originally. Is it blooming? Mm-hmm. Can you look in there and see the little bunny? Well, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure you can. I was, uh, no, I was noticing that mine are all the kind of the purple. In past years, it seemed like I had a couple Pinks. of uh, Yeah, and some variation of blues and some whites even. Mm-hmm. But everything looks the purple. And maybe um, maybe it'll be a little later. They're, they're, they bloom over a relatively long season. Oh, okay. Compared to most wildflowers. So. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we first put them on the market, <laughs> I, I was kidding Mr. Fanick, who they showed me the bunny in there for the first time. So the first time I'd ever seen it. And uh, <laughs> he... Uh, Old I, Mr. Fanick? Yes. Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, "What? you can't promote a larkspur? He said, "No, the 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 doubles okay, but the singles, no problem." I said, "Let me get this straight. You can't pr- pr- promote a flower with a bunny head in it that blooms on Easter." Oh yeah, see, there you go. I said, "You need to shut this place down." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that 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 made because uh, people got a kick out of. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the interesting thing about it is people never e- even bought this, never really see the bunny. Until Who saw you, the bunny first? Yeah, until you point uh, John Fanning. Oh, okay. He showed me. Uh, so, see, they used to harvest uh, doubles and then sell them to the ner- to, to the uh, flower shops for the, for dried flowers and as well as everything else. But they throw the singles away. Because uh, you know they they wanted the double one, the one that would dry down and have a prettier flower, a bigger flower. That's an easy plant to naturalize if you. Oh yeah. If you uh, can you where, can you get seed from a? Uh, I know you can get seed from uh, somebody that's grow grows it because it naturalizes. I think you well, John it's, Thomas says. Oh okay. Uh, Does uh, it? Yeah. And uh, he said hummingbirds like it. Oh okay. Oh yeah, hummingbirds yeah. and. Butterflies like yeah, butterflies like it, uh, but it's like you say it recedes every year. It's one of the few things, except with uh, uh, Laura Bush Petunia, that is a re- the old fa- It's one of the old fashioned reseeding plants, and it reliably recedes. In fact, so reliable that uh, that uh, if you look up uh, uh, larkspur. On the internet, mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of weed control articles. Oh, really? Because get rid it, of it? It's invasive in <laughs> in some places. 
Yeah, I always, and, and like, like Kevin was saying, what do you just pull it out of where yeah, you don't I just, want it? Yeah, I, I just allow basically one or two rows because <laughs> yeah, it, it dominates the, the snapdragons. Even the rocket snapdragons, it grows up over the top of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've been waiting for this wonderful uh, <laughs> snapdragon bloom. And so I just leave enough. They're attractive, but I leave enough to reseed. And if I ever want to expand the garden, I, I can. I know I can count on them because this, the seed spreads all <laughs> over the raised bed. Well, you ought, to, you ought to rogue it for the color that you want, Calvin. Or I, do you like multiple colors? I kind of like the multiple colors, and I never... Uh, you're probably this year I might because I've just noticed for the yeah. first time that it's a it's the only it's only the purple yeah kind of the yeah that's what it that's color it wants to be yeah oh is that right yeah that's color it wants to be but you we it 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 comes back so true from seed you remember uh, when we did the bunny bloom larkspur promotion uh, we had a lot of people that were practically brain dead they couldn't see the bunny in there so uh, we actually selected <coughs> a pink selection with the bunny head being white oh wow so it was hard to miss oh uh, yeah yeah but of course some people will still deny, missed it deny that they see it gosh know. and uh, I, I told the story where one lady said well it looks like a kangaroo to me <laughs> it doesn't look like a bunny to me I said, well, maybe we ought to make it the <laughs> state flower of Australia. Or That's right, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> uh, if it looks I, like I, a, I imagine they'd grow in uh, probably Australia, but, but Larkspur, I don't, I don't know about much about Australia. Well, I'm sure, yeah. yeah I'll bet they have. I, they grow them in Australian and South African gardens. Yeah. Oh, do they? Tell, yeah. Oh. Hey, guys, we have one minute left, so uh, we've got about 45 seconds. Anything you got to mention real quick, or you just want me to wish everybody a happy Easter? That's right. Happy Easter. You mean everybody. the show's over? The show is over. Oh. Enjoy Uh-oh. this wonderful weather, over. and uh, <laughs> we just need some more rain, I think. Yeah, hopefully we got some rain this week. Yeah. yeah we're recording this on Monday, so hopefully we got some rain before this airs. Rain and hail and washing out and everything is oh. what they're predicting. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't like the hail part. Wednesday and Thursday. Well, no, right. Tuesday, and, Tuesday night and Wednesday. All right. Well, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say goodbye for today. Wish you and your family a happy Easter on behalf of everybody at Millburgers, on behalf of Dr. Parsons and Dr. Finch and myself. Happy Easter. We'll see you next Saturday on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.